Lefondre looking to get side of Fon. Lefondre away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Royals podcast in association with Blue Collar Street Food. We are talking about the game yesterday against Preston North End. I am Matthew Williamson. I'm joined by Alex. How are you doing, Alex? Yeah, I'm pretty good, Matt. Three points yesterday uh, off the board and it was nice to see a good performance as well. Yeah, sorry. You had your mic muted. Maybe I should have gone to Eric first. Eric also joins us. Hi, Eric. Yeah, hi, Matt. Yeah, happy days. And it's really nice. Like, I'm surprised how different it is seeing football with crowds present. Like, really nice to see. I wasn't there, obviously, but even just watching from afar, hearing the crowd noise, it's, it's a different game. Yeah, I mean, it's just nice to not have to flip between Sky channels to try and figure out which one doesn't have the fake crowd noise on it anymore. And uh, yeah, in the ground, it was great. Obviously, you know, I think I think everyone has some kind of qualms with what's going on around and inside the ground at the minute. But as you say, just to have those fans back is is brilliant. Um, we will start from the team news. I believe we were actually unchanged, Alex. But on the pitch, we did play slightly differently, didn't we? Yeah, it was an unchanged team. Um, I think that's maybe a little surprising. I think a lot of people were expecting Ajari to come back into the starting lineup, and maybe it was a, a tad surprising, uh, given how we had heard during the week that he was definitely in contention. Not to even see him in the squad yesterday was a bit disappointing. Um, but yeah, we definitely played slightly differently. Aziz definitely was more central going forwards, um, particularly in that in the first half. Um, and actually, to be honest, most of the game, he, he was much more central um, and linked up with Zhao quite a lot. Uh, and then at the back, I mean, we were definitely much more. I'm not quite sure what the right word for it is, but there was there was definitely a change in, in formation, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, Eric, if you had to put a formation on it, what would you have called it? It was one of them where it looked like we had two formations, one with the ball and one without wasn't it? A little bit, but you definitely say it was like a back three slash five with McIntyre, left-sided centre-half, and then Bristow as a kind of left wing back. I think last week he was a bit more advanced, a bit more sort of left wing, but it definitely felt like maybe a five-three-two. I don't know. What what would you call it, Matt? Yeah, I think a five-three-two is probably what I would name it. Um, as Alex says, uh, Aziz, he, he had quite a free role. Um, he kind of drifted around Zhao. Um, he did sometimes start the attack off the right-hand side and then drift in. Um, and then John Swift did whatever he wanted to as well. But yeah, I think I think after Stoke, there was a bit of debate about were we a back four or a back five? And I, I don't think that that uh, was the case this time out. Um, Alex, talking of that back five, Bristow, he didn't have the best of games against Stoke, but I thought he was a bit better yesterday. Yeah, um, I mean, yesterday I didn't notice him as much, which I think is probably uh, credit to him. It, I, I wasn't expecting him to come out and have a worldly performance or anything yesterday. So um, the few times I did notice him, it was less than when it was at Stoke. Um, is he going to be a starter for 46 games? I think it's unlikely. But um, he was, yeah, he was improved yesterday, certainly, than, than against Stoke and um certainly defensively he was he was definitely more positionally aware than he was against Stoke I think yeah and presumably that change to just give him the left back slot helped him um Eric he did have a big chance actually early on 
uh, where uh, I think it was Lucas Zhao down the right kind of pulls it across goal and and Bristow shoots, but it's blocked on on the line ish. Uh, how did you see it? Yeah, it's a good chance. You know, you you want that to fall to kind of anybody but your left back, don't you? Almost, but he actually, like in fairness to him, he did well to keep his head over the ball. He kept the ball low. You know, quite often you see those kind of chances flash across and then the ball just goes skywards. Whereas he kept the shot low. He kept it on target, and I think it was good good bit of defending in the end. I think overall, Bristol. I think he was he was helped by McIntyre yesterday. I think. I saw some stats. I think it was who scored. I think McIntyre made one of the teams of the week or something. And I think just having clearer roles in defence, I think McIntyre really played well yesterday and that helped uh, Bristow out. I think it was just one one kind of lapse of concentration right at the end that we were talking about before the pod started. That was Bristow's downfall, but otherwise pretty pretty good. On, on that Bristow chance, I'm actually quite surprised that it wasn't handball in all honesty. Um, I don't think the referee got a particularly good view of it, but certainly from from the east end, you could, it looked to me as if the, the Preston players basically almost caught it in with it into his chest uh, as he's blocked it. But would it be given? A, I, I, it would have been a very harsh penalty, but I wouldn't have been surprised to see a referee give it yesterday uh, because he certainly it certainly bounces up off his arm or comes into his arm when he um, blocks it. A handball. As a block, no, they're never given as penalties. Oh, wait, maybe we'll come on to that a bit later. Um, but things started pretty well. I mean, I don't think that Preston really had any chances in the first 45 almost at all. And like Reading's pressure did eventually tell. Uh, it was Lauren, it wasn't Bristow. I did see a few people online saying it was Bristow, but he uh, gets the ball out on the left and puts in a great cross to the back post that Aziz. I don't, I don't quite understand what happened there between Aziz and the forward, but um, he he managed to somehow get it and, and poked home. Eric, that's got to be good for his confidence. That's a first league goal for him. Yeah, fantastic goal. And, and you know, the, the build-up play by Joao and Laurent was, was excellent. And I think Aziz, apart from the goal, right, he, he just caused Preston all sorts of problems the whole game. He was running in behind the defence and... Um, they, they really couldn't cope with him and deservedly got his goal. And, you know, we were all talking before the start of the season, you know, we're really going to miss Mate and his contribution. But so far, actually, you'd say that Aziz has, has been a really, really apt replacement. And if he can actually get goals, which is what Mate gives you, then, then you know, really happy days. And I think we all start thinking already when when's his contract expire because that's going to be the next question that comes if he keeps playing really well. Yeah, I mean, I think I said in the group chat that you basically couldn't have asked for a better Mate replacement if you bought one, Alex. Yeah, I mean, he he plays in such a similar kind of style, running in behind. Um, he's happy to you know take a volume, large volume of shots. Um, he seems to be a fairly powerful player in the sense of. You know he's got a decent run on him he's got pace he'll he's got strength on the ball um realistically you, yeah like you say you couldn't have asked for a much better replacement for for Yakimete, um if you, if you tried i think um and uh yeah he took his goal really well um it, i think if you if you watched it live maybe it looks a little bit like a tap in but it, in reality he, he's controlled it on his right foot and put it back onto his left foot to 
to knock it past um, knock it past the defender. So it was a well like well controlled goal, um, even if it was only two yards out. And it's great for him to get a goal, you know, down down in front of club eight seventy one and be able to be able to celebrate with home fans for his first league goal. Yeah, I think I should caveat by saying that we're all talking about uh, he's a similar style of player to Mate. We're not expecting him to go and score a similar number of goals necessarily right yet. Um, and actually, that, that did kind of show in the rest of the game because he had a couple more chances, um, two quite similar, where he kind of gets the ball in the centre of the pitch after good runs in behind and forces himself wide um, and in the end doesn't even hit the target, Eric. So, like... There are clear bits to work on for him. Yeah, exactly. And you think with a youngster, you usually get a kind of dip of form and stuff. But the one thing you'd say so far, he's playing with absolutely no fear whatsoever. And he seems to be thriving, you know, taking his chance. So if he can score, um, you know, even even a, a percentage of the goals of Mate, and if he can keep causing other teams' problems, I thought his link-up with Joao and kind of playing off Joao, Works really well yesterday, and if you can keep doing that, it'll make it'll make our attacking play a lot better for it. Yeah, Alex, I know we touched on the formation at the beginning. Um, how much of the improvement yesterday was down to the fact that Zhao and Aziz could kind of play off each other, and how much was just that the team seemed to gel a bit more? Fifty-fifty. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's the Zhao had a better game, which definitely helps, right? Um, on the ball, he looked much more comfortable, um, and he was getting a lot more of the ball as well yesterday. Um, so the fact that Aziz was able to kind of complement that, um, you know, with, with runs off of him and runs in behind, I think that certainly helps. Um, the formation change, it's definitely got to be a part of it, because I think you you could see it certainly in the second half, that Rinomota was being released up on the right-hand side quite often, um, especially when we were counter-attacking. Um, there was, it felt like we had more more men getting forwards, despite not necessarily having a formation that would suggest that would be the case. Um, so I think it's a, it's a bit of both, really, but um, and who knows, perhaps it's partly to do with the fact that Preston weren't really that good. No, I mean, this is a team that lost 4-1 against Hull last weekend. So we do have to take that into account. I, I think mid-game, I said that this was very much like a Mark Bowen team. Like, he, Rino was making the same runs that Mark Bowen was trying to make him uh, make. Like, Morrison was carrying the ball forward from defence like Matt Miazga used to. But let's not go back into that. That's uh, Let's let old horses lie. Um, Zhao, as you mentioned, he had a very good game. Just after half time, he hit the post. Eric, should he have scored? Yeah, I mean, the, the ball, first of all, by Swift was just, uh, what's the word? Delicious, <laughs> exquisite, great pass by Swift, threading the needle. And, you know, last season's Zhao, you expect him to hit to score that, you know, nine times out of 10 or even, even 49 times out of 50, whatever you want to say. Um, hits the inside of the post, so it is just inches, right? And um, it would have really put the game to bed, I feel, uh, if he'd have got it. But, um, yeah, hit the post. Was that little bit of luck that he kind of didn't get? And it was a shame because the pass deserved it, the pass from Swift. Yeah, I thought he did everything right. He kind of made that angle for himself to go near post, but just didn't quite, you know, execute as well as he could have done, Alex. 
Yeah, I mean, you're hoping that last season wasn't a one-off um, with his finishing. Um, the, the first half of last season, obviously, he was very, very clinical. And the second half of last season, he was not. So we're hoping, obviously, that he's going to kind of get a happy medium, as it were. Um, and you see a consistent performance room the whole season. Um, but I think it's just one of those, yeah, one of those chances where a little bit of luck and he, it bounces off the inside of the post and rolls inwards rather than outwards um, and, and goes in. But I think he'll get enough chances this season that he'll he'll still get a, a decent enough goal tally. I mean, are we... Well, I was about to phrase this as a question, but I think that everyone would agree that we probably are a weaker team without Lucas Chow in it. Um, how worried are you, Eric, by the fact he did limp off and it doesn't look great? I mean, Paolo said some kind of, uh, you, you know, he, he said some stuff around it, but it, it doesn't sound like it's just a, a contact injury. Yeah, the word scan usually scare me, right? The, the, there were scans mentioned, which usually means some sort of muscle or ligament injury. Um, hopefully maybe a slight muscle strain, which could be like a couple of weeks, but you know, it could be worse. You, you just don't know at this stage. And yeah, the, the one thing you would say as much as there were some positives yesterday, our squad is still absolutely paper thin. So if, um, if he's out for any length of time, then yeah, the pressure is really on some of the other players to, to step up and it will be, it'd be difficult. He's, he's almost irreplaceable for us. There was there, there was some uh, some comments online yesterday of people having seen Lucas Shaw afterwards on crutches when he left the stadium, which that doesn't I don't think it bodes that well, um, particularly for Tuesday. I'd be very surprised to see him play on Tuesday if he's got any even minor injury. I, you would imagine that he's probably going to be rotated and, and left out. I mean, I was going to discuss this later, but this is quite a good point to throw in now. Only one substitution yesterday. Um, are you worried by that, Eric, by the fact like you've obviously said our squad's thin? Uh, was that just a case of the fact that these guys were doing well and Pano wanted to leave them on? Or do you see it as kind of indicative of our problems within the squad? Yeah, no, that exactly that, right? You you might say that uh, Dele Bashiru might have come on if he'd have spent a bit more time with the team, perhaps, as a as a decent option. Holmes is obviously a decent defensive option, but at the time we were we were playing okay. But definitely, like if you look at the the caliber of player that's on the bench, it's not anywhere near where it's been um, in recent seasons. And yeah, a few injuries. Like if you think one injury, most most teams and squads can cope with one injury. But imagine if Jao and Swift and Laurent, for example, got injured, or one of the centre halves. You know, it's it's. We're only a couple of injuries away from absolute disaster and playing with some kids. I do think that part of the reason, though, we're not well, we didn't see a sub yesterday at least, is Pano really just likes or wants at least to trust his players, doesn't he? Um, very much, you know, we, we've heard it from him over the last year or so about how he wants people to, he wants battlers and warriors, and we like multiple terms along that line, uh, along those lines. And, uh, I think not making subs kind of it, it's one of those uh, processes that he goes through where he wants people to basically prove themselves to him um, and prove that they've got you know prove what they've got what it takes essentially to battle through and, and see these wins out. Um, 
So I think that's that's probably part of the reason that we didn't see someone like Tom Holmes or, or Daddy Bashir come on because it's Pauli almost wants players to earn earn their place in the in the uh, first eleven and and prove that they should be there for a reason, basically. Yeah, I think that that works in single games, but when you start doing that across the season, obviously that tots up. Hopefully this season it's not quite as intense. Um, obviously last year, I, I do think that Pauno's lack of subs played into it last year, but um, let's not go around that merry-go-round again either. Um, so coming back to the actual game, the actual action, um, yes, so... Preston may not have gotten given a penalty against them for a player diving with his arms uh, out, but Morrison, I mean, I just uh, like, if you're going to dive and try and block a shot, do not flail yourself as big as possible, surely, Eric. Yeah, exactly. I think the shot was going over as well. So it was just really kind of needless. At the same time, you, you know, at that speed, you are throwing yourself like, did he do it on purpose? Like put his hands up? I don't, no, either way, you can't really have too many complaints about the penalty. He made himself bigger, blocked the shot. Um, and yeah, we know Daniel Johnson's a good penalty taker. So um, it was unfortunate because I definitely didn't think Preston deserved to be in the game at that point. We were we were quite dominant up until that point. They didn't really have many chances. And then, of course, they score and 1-1, um, you're thinking, OK, now the, the mental test is on for, for this team. What can they what can I do from here? No, that just felt like classic Reading, really, just sort of not converting chances, going to 1-1. Um, I thought Raphael was almost there. Um, he, he did do pretty well on the penalty, even if he didn't save it. Um, Alex, what was your view? Uh, it was a decent effort by Raphael, um, to, to, to be fair to him, close to close to saving it um not a bad penalty by johnson though in reality and, and yeah i mean i just agree with you it's it, it felt very kind of typical reading um you know we've we've had we've had multiple chances we probably could have been ahead by maybe three goals by that point i think and it wouldn't have been necessarily all that all that unfair so to um to find ourselves at 1-1 it felt pretty unjust i would say yeah i mean i think that is it just it just felt like Groundhog Day in, in many ways, but um, I wouldn't have been surprised at that point if it was another four-one scoreline against Preston, but wasn't to be. Thankfully, this time Reading actually managed to get their act together. And if John Swift isn't one of the best players in the division, Eric, I do not know who is. Yeah, and that that second goal just just sort of epitomises John Swift and what he can give to the team. It was one of those moves that just. It was just brilliant football by three players. I think it was Laurent Swift and uh, Joao all exchanging passes within a short space of time. Swift goes in and, and scores, and it was it reminded me not not quite similar, but the the goal that Nick Blackman scored against Hull, where it just for a few seconds looked like total football. It was just a couple of really good one twos and then a good finish by Swift. And yeah, I mean when when John Swift is fit and firing. Um, there's not many better players in the division and, you know, two goals in two games. He started this season on, on absolute fire. Long may it continue as long as he can stay fit. Yeah. Eric's definitely right. I didn't, I hadn't really made that connection, but that whole goal, which Nick Blackman scored, which people still kind of 
you still see it shared online every so often uh, as an example of, oh, what a team goal. That was a really well-worked um, team goal, I think. Uh, obviously, John Swift takes a lot of the plaudits for it, but it's a good assist by Lucas Shaw off of the 1-2. Um, and John Swift's all-round game yesterday, though, was just incredible. The the pass through to Lucas Shaw, just fantastic. Um, he was all over the place. He, he, ran, he runs this team realistically, and, you know, with him, we're a completely different side um to, to without him and, and when he's on the field really i feel like we're a match for probably 20 teams in this league um going forwards at the very least without him we're you know a lot less a lot, a lot less uh, a lot less attacking threat certainly um and yeah he's he's got to be one of the best players in this division um i'd be amazed if if I'd be amazed if neutrals out there um, could name many be- better central midfielders than, than John Swift in, in the championship. Yeah, I mean, I think he was my man of the match last week. Um, probably either Reading or Stoke. I thought he was phenomenal. Uh, he probably was my man of the match this week too, although I admittedly did say that that was Raphael. Uh, that was Heat at the moment because Heat did do some very good stuff towards the end that we'll come on to. Um Reading should have again put themselves out of sight. Um, like it was a counter from I think a Preston corner that Femi Aziz picks up on the edge of his box, and he keeps running and he keeps running and he keeps running. He passes up the pass to his right. He doesn't pick out Zhao on his left, uh, and he shoots wildly. Alex, it's a really good run. Um... Not by Aziz, but by Josh Lauren actually, um, because it was one of the whilst I was whilst like we were watching this, Lauren and Zhao as they pass the halfway line are both on Aziz's left, and Lauren actually has the intelligence to realise that if he offers an option to the right, then Aziz has got two options to pass to, and then we get to twenty five yards or twenty yards from goal, and Aziz just fires it over and I have absolutely no idea why he hasn't laid in Zhao or passed it off to Lauren it's just completely confusing um you know I feel like that is great you know it's fantastic that he wants to take shots on um but that was a bit of an odd decision uh to, to to take there the shot itself was pretty pretty poor wasn't it I think it it wasn't it wasn't even really close to challenging the keeper whatsoever um which is a shame because it would have been a fantastic counter-attack yeah i mean we talk about a mate replacement eric i think mate probably would have taken the same option to be honest <laughs> possibly yeah he's not against having a shot is he mate um but it's, it's one of those you you kind of say uh debut goal terrorized preston in the first half especially with his running uh we'll let him off this once yeah, I mean, so he did score once, as you say. He probably had three or four good chances to improve his goal tally already. And on another day, he could have had a hat trick, Matt. Really. Yeah, exactly. And like, and that is both a positive and a negative at the minute, right, Alex? Like, that is where he he needs to improve slightly. Yeah. Uh, well, yes and no, um, because I think if if Mate had, had if, let's put it into perspective, if Mate had, had those chances yesterday and he'd scored one we would have said, well, that's just a typical Mate performance is that he needs five chances to score one goal. You know, if Aziz is the same and he takes five 
five chances to score one goal, but he's the one creating four of them, then that, it doesn't really seem like a negative particularly. Um, it's just a player who needs a, a high volume amount of shots to, to, to score. But, um, you know, if he's, if he's creating those chances for himself, then I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think yeah. a player that gets himself in enough positions to score, that's the key. And that's that's all positive. Like he got himself in some really good positions. On another day, could have nicked one or two more goals. And, yeah, really good. Considering this is his first couple of games in the Championship as well, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, they talk about people like Jared Bowen just being high-volume shooters that, you know, uh, do... Like that's that's their whole game plan, pretty much. Take as many shots as possible, and some of them will go in. I do think Femi Aziz has some things to work on. Like his first touch does tend to take him a bit wide, and that also has a knock-on effect for, you know, whether he can score. Um, I think I think we saw that yesterday. I think we saw that against Stoke as well. But he's, you know, as as we all are in agreement, it's. Uh, I think it's a light that we didn't see coming. So that's that's always good. Um, Preston, towards the end, they did have a bit of rearguard action. Um, there was a header at the back post that, you know, I, again, very similar to Stoke. J- went just wide, like fans thought it was in, but um, thankfully the wrong side, Alex. That, that was an appalling miss. I don't know who the header was from, but he's two yards from goal and he's managed to head it somehow wide, which was, it was just, that was dreadful. I think it was Brown. I think it was their captain. So, you know... He's probably done better things in his life, I would imagine. Um, then Raphael comes up with some actual big saves. Um, Bristow probably has, you know, a lot to thank Raph for, Eric. Yeah, for, for sure. I think um, it might have been one of Raphael's better games for us. Certainly from a shot-stopping point of view. You know, he was solid and he didn't really, he didn't really um, make any mistakes, which he has done in the past. And... Those two saves at the end, like you say, he, he definitely uh, he's definitely owed some uh, some favours by Bristow. That was a really tame header at the end, and uh, and we got away with it luckily because that would have been a disaster at that point. The, the save in itself is it's a match-winning save. Um, it, it's a save which deserves to win a game. That's how good it was for the the one off of uh, the header from Bristow. I mean, he saved it from what four yards, five yards out, and man, and actually managed to push it wide and out for a corner. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because we'll remember yesterday as a good Raphael game, but with his feet, he was actually, like, it's one of the worst games I've seen him have. He was dreadful. Um, But then at the end, with that free kick, that's one that time after time we've been saying he needs to save those, and Alex, he finally made one. Yeah, I was a little worried when they had the free kick and it was a 90-second minute or something, and you just... You, you feel your heart drop a little bit when you know that Preston are going to strike the ball from 25 or 30 yards. Um, but it was a great, uh, great last 10 minutes from Raphael. Um, and as you say, with his feet, it wasn't fantastic. But giving him massive credit, the saves are what count at the end of the day. Um, and if he makes the saves, then no one's going to really remember what he does with his feet, I think. Yeah, and your question, your question is distribution, but it wasn't even to the point where any of his kind of play with his feet put us into danger or put us into trouble. So although it wasn't amazing, you'd still say that his first primary goal is to be there to to um, to, to make the saves, which he did brilliantly. And then as long as he doesn't put us into danger, you'd say it's just about acceptable. 
Yeah, I mean, even, even if he doesn't um, hit the man every time, like just the fact that he is comfortable with his feet in a way that others aren't is a super beneficial thing to have. Uh, Alex, what were you going to say? Sorry, I cut you off. Um, I was just going to say a lot of the issue with his feet uh, for distribution is, is generally that it just goes straight out of play. It could be worse, right? Like, we, if you watch the Arsenal game um, on on Friday night, they had issues passing out from the back and and the ball getting picked up very high up the field. Um, and it's if he's gonna if he's gonna have bad distribution, at least the, at least we're not giving the ball directly to Preston in play. So. Yeah, and I don't want to end on a negative because Raphael was very good yesterday. As I said, he probably was my man of the match. Well, after the game, like directly after the game because of those saves. Because we, yeah, I mean, I don't think others would have made them and he definitely kept us. There were a few candidates for man of the match, weren't there? I thought Laurent, Rinomota, Joao, Swift, all brilliant. Alex is shaking his head, but I thought Josh Laurent was incredible yesterday. There was no no candidates for man of the match, guys. I'm sorry. John Swift was by far and away the best player on the Yeah, but I take John Swift out of all of my man of the matches because I pick him every (laughs) week and it would just be terrible. Okay, I do agree. Laurent was very, very good yesterday, though, as well. Um, so it's not the case of I think they were poor. I just think that Josh, uh, I just think that John Swift was head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah, he was. Yeah, in reality, I mean, he's he's the he's the the, the one player that we have that can unlock a defense, and he did it multiple times. So please stay fit, Mr. Swift. <laughs> yeah, and also, Alex, it's a lot less interesting as a pod if we just all agree on the same thing. So come on, get with the format. Uh, Eric, I'll give you the last word. How, how did you feel? Like, are you more optimistic after yesterday than you maybe were? Like, th- things look rosier, don't they? Yeah, I, I was really worried before the start of the season um, with the with the shape of the squad. Still no signings for a very long time. So couple of positives is one the way we played I actually thought we played well yesterday yes Preston weren't great but we still had to go out and do the job we still played really well we still had some really nice moments from Aziz from Swift from Laurent um, and also we were able to make a signing Dele Bashiru um, so I take that as another positive because hopefully that means it's the first of I don't think it's going to be many, but a first of a few signings that could just push us to be comfortable mid-table, maybe. Um, you never know in this league because it's the most unpredictable league, but at least uh, there's some hope there. I see a light at the end of the tunnel, and I definitely think if we can keep Swift and Joao playing most of the games this season, there's there's three worse teams than us in this division, no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I, I agree with Eric. It's, there's definitely more to be optimistic about with... Um with having seen those first two games, I think attacking wise, we do look, we do look threatening going forward, certainly. Um, and we probably look more threatening in the past two games than we did for a lot of games last season. Um, and I think Pauno confirmed, uh, might've been yesterday that we can, we, we've got the green light from the EFL basically to make signings, as long as they're still approved by the EFL and they're either loans or out of contract players only. Um, but it feels like that was all we were ever going to bring anyway. So I don't really think it changes very much, except for the fact that we're now allowed to do them. Um, so hopefully if we can get another couple of signings before the end of August, um, you, you'd like to think that we're going to have more than enough to easily stay in the division because, there's, as Eric said, 
there's got to be three worst teams in this division. Um, Preston were not very good, and there's there's definitely sides who are not you know not even as good as Preston in this league at the moment. I think. Well, thanks, Alex, for hijacking Eric's last word. Um, <laughs> I think we will be back after the Bristol City game um, to talk through, you know, hopefully another win. Um, and then you should come and listen to me and Matt Joy on the preview pod. Uh, I'm not sure if Paul shouts us out, but you really should because uh, Matt Joy is very interesting, even if I'm not. Um, thank you very much for joining us, Eric. I know it's late over in Singapore, but, you, you know, you, you're still a Reading fan, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, plastic one from afar. <laughs> no, I love it. It's good to good to stay involved, and uh, it's still good to see the fans. I'm insanely jealous of you guys being able to go, but it's just nice that fans are back because it, it means football's back properly. Yeah, absolutely. And Alex, okay, if you want the last word so bad, thank you for joining us as well. Thank you very much, Matt. And thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, as I say, yes, we'll be back after Bristol City at some point, uh, probably Wednesday or Thursday. 